0: I just felt I had a word for, I think it's more than one person here this morning and I, in our worship I was just feeling that there are people here this morning and you just feel like you've stepped out of the race, you, you feel like Peter, when Peter denied Jesus he went back to fishing, he went back to what he thought would be the best thing for him and he felt discouraged and this is a word that when Jesus went on the shore, he, Peter was out far in the shore and Jesus calls him and says, Peter, Peter, and I really feel today that God is speaking to some people here this morning and you felt like you've just taken a step away for whatever reason and Jesus is calling you, come, come. Come back. Not that you've gone away from the Lord, but you've stepped out of what you were doing, what you felt God call you to do. And I really felt this is that it's not going to be like it was before. It's going to be different. Behold, God is going to do a new thing. So don't expect what you used to do, but expect that God is going to do something new in your life. Father, I just pray, whoever this word is for, I pray right now that you would quicken it to their hearts, oh God. you They know right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, that as they go from this place today, oh God, that they would seek your face and they would ask, what is it, Lord? What is the new thing, Lord? Not to be discouraged for stepping away, not for being discouraged for hiding away, but rather be encouraged that their name is being called again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, this morning I want to speak on development in the dark room. And, uh, you know, one of my first jobs was working in a dark room developing photos and it's a rare skill now we don't see so many dark rooms and and development of photos it's really for those who are photographers or it's a hobby for some people you know most photos today are taken on our iphones and they actually say there's three billion photos taken a day around the world on our iphones right but do you know This is more for those who are are under the age of 30. This is actually a real camera. Do you remember the real cameras with a real film? Used to open the back up, used to pull it, wind it, Right, do you who was here? Do you had one of these? I'm in good company this evening, this morning. Yeah, we all had. Well, I was a girl who would develop the roles of film. Yes, very interesting. For the benefit of those who've never been in a dark room, I'm just going to explain to you what actually used to happen. So, I would. You would bring this film to the counter, I would take it and then I would say come back whatever it was, whatever schedule of how many films I had. Sometimes it was up to two weeks but generally within the week I could get that developed for you. And uh, what would happen is the, this is called, there's a film in here, I, I've. it's in here but it looks like this. It's called a negative. Now this film here is actually uh, covered with emulsions, and uh, those emulsions are silver halide. So what happens is when it's in the camera, this is—we're going to get to the word of God for those who are just wondering. Um, <clears throat> when it when it when it hits in the camera, what would happen? The the sh- lens would open up, the shutter, and light would come in. Now I have a fella a fellow uh, developer here, Danny Hill who I only found out she was a developer like myself. and uh, so the light would come in and it would capture it'll it get excited. I oh, know it's real technology it'll get excited and it, the light would burn an image on the negative. And the light will cause the black clumps to come together and cause an image. Can you see? I know this is mine from 1970-something. I am a hoarder. (laughs) I am. But an organised one. Makes me feel better when I say that. And that's what you would have, is you would have a negative. You would have an image that would be embossed on a negative. And uh, that will be called like a latent, this is actually called a latent image. This is what, negative and a latent image. I would take this to a bath of three chemicals. I put it in there and develop it and this is what would come out. And then, what we do with the negative, I wouldn't just simply call the people up and go, Got your negatives? No, because they want more. They want more. Can you give me my bag? I forgot the most important thing. Thank you. If you're online, just bear with me. This is. Okay. Um, And I would develop these negatives. But then, what I would do is put it into a device called an enlarger. And out would come a positive picture. Oh, yeah. So a negative would turn into a positive. Yeah. A negative of, of what is images of in a dark room would turn out into a positive of a picture, many pictures. Now, in the dark room, uh, I had a clause in my contract that I, if I saw anything that was pretty much... Uh, Nudity, I would, because I could tell, I would just go, I'm out. See ya. <laughs> out of the room and someone else would walk in because I didn't want these eyes to be burnt with horrible images. So you'd want me to develop your photos. Every every image that would be uh, taken and developed into a positive, right, You'll never know until it was going through the process. And the process was the chemicals. Now, some photographers are very clever and they could uh, work with the uh, overexposing and cause some amazing images. Some of our most famous photographers can do black and white with overexposing and images and it's quite creative what they can do. And, you know, imagine if you're a wedding photographer... You had one chance, (laughs) one chance. You couldn't go back because once it was taken, it was taken. So uh, um, wedding photographers would get very nervous, hoping that they had captured good images. Once the right process had happened and happens, we have a good positive image and amazing photos will come out. We have all been in God's dark room. We've all been in a place where it's been dark. If you haven't, you're going to go through one. Sorry, it gets really encouraging. (laughs) We all will go through a dark time. If we haven't, we will go through a dark time we're not orphans, we're organ experiences. The Bible itself has many dark rooms. And today I'm going to take you through some of those dark rooms. But one of the greatest themes in the Bible is suffering. My gosh, some of you are going to go, I'm just going to leave right now. But please bear with me because not only does the Bible talk about the dark rooms and the, the, the stories of those dark rooms and those dark places, it also deals with the suffering. And from the very first book of the Bible in Genesis, we see when evil entered the earth, death came in into the world, right at the beginning. Then we go to the book of Exodus and it's a story of 40 years of the Israelites going through the wilderness, another dark time. Um, Then we see, uh, you know, how they were being developed in that time of that wilderness. We go to the book of, um, sorry, go to the book of Ecclesiastes. Job, sorry, and Ecclesiastes, and that's completely a a book of suffering and pain. If you've read the Bible, just read that. It's the suffering and pain. Then we go, also we go to the book of Psalms. Now, you've read the Psalms, it also always starts with, oh God, woe is me, oh I hate my life, oh God, why did this happen? Oh God, it's just literally songs and prayers that were birthed in the season of pain. And uh, then we go uh, to the book of Jeremiah who was written by a prophet and in his writings it was in a time of captivity. So he's in a dark place. Then we go through the book of Lamentations. The word itself explains the book, doesn't it? And this is a time where Jeremiah is in the darkest times of Israel's times. It's a time where they were all caught up into a captivity. It's the city of Jerusalem was burnt down. You can read the history of this, not only in the Bible, but in the history books. Then we go to the shortest book of the Bible in Habakkuk. Even the shortest book of the Bible, there's dark times. You know, you hear of a prophet who is literally complaining, going, there's so much evil in this place. There's so much evil in this world, God. It's evil everywhere. Is it? And only to be encouraged by the Lord saying it's going to get worse. Then you go to the book of the New Testament. It's going to get better. It's coming. Then you go to Hebrews and you go to First Peter, which were all written specifically to believers who were struggling in dark times. Then you go to the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. Well, that predicts the darkest time is yet still to come. You encourage this morning. <laughs> Where literally the world will be darkened, the sun will grow dark, and the stars will fall from the sky. That's pretty dark. And above all of those books of the Bible, there's the Lord Jesus Christ called a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Today, I want to particularly focus on one man in the Bible, the man Joseph. And to me, reading his story, it felt like he was in a dark room for 37 years. is more written about Joseph than written about Abraham, Isaac and Jacob all put together. There's more written about Joseph than the creation and the fall of man. There's more written about Joseph than any other Bible characters. His story goes from Genesis 37 to 50. But I want to particularly concentrate on Genesis 39 verses 19 to 22. And we see the three certainties of dark times in the life of a believer. You, As I'm speaking this morning, you'll go, yep, tick, yeah, tick, yeah, tick. You might go, oh, I've not experienced that. When it comes... Like if you want to take notes, you can go back and be encouraged. I know the first half of the sermon sounds like doom and gloom, but it gets better. So number one, and it all starts with C so you can remember, dark times are consented by God. Dark times are consented by God. Genesis 39, 19 to 20. As soon as his master, which is Potiphar, heard the words that his wife spoke to him. This is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. Joseph was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, saying, that Joseph tried to make a hit on her. It was all a lie and yet Joseph was thrown into prison. Potiphar believed his wife and yet Joseph was sent to the dark room of prison. We see that God let this happen. God didn't intervene. God didn't bring an angel from heaven to say, she's wrong, she's wrong liar, liar. No, he went into the prison of his dark room. In fact, every throughout Joseph's life, God is intending the dark room, the dark times as a development of Joseph's character that was going to be the outstanding part of his life and his call and his purpose. Joseph's entire life was hard. He grew up in a very dysfunctional family. His dad had several family feuds. One with his brother Esau who wanted to kill him. He took his, took his birthright and now Esau was after him. Secondly, his father-in-law Laban who is just was out to destroy him as well his mother died young giving birth to joseph's younger brother his brother was having an affair with one of his dad's wives as you do his sister was abducted and raped so he's so her two older brothers with joseph brothers were went out and murdered all the males in that town so they made sure they got the one or the two Joseph's brothers hated Joseph so much that they ditched him in a pit and sold him then to the slave, to the Midianites, and became Potiphar's slave. Then Potiphar's wife makes a pass at him and resulting him being in prison. Joseph did everything right, but everything wrong happened to him. Have you been in that situation? You've done everything right, but everything wrong seems to come against you. We must understand that why in this world suffering will happen. Some of it is because of a fallen world we live in, right? Sin is in the world, and so being in a sinful world, some bad things are going to happen as a result of that. Sometimes we actually suffer because of a direct consequence to our sin, our bad actions, our bad decisions, our bad addictions, our bad choices. And sometimes it's our doing, not God, not the devil, not the world, but us. Sometimes we suffer as a result of persecution of our faith, of just being a Christian. We can get persecuted. We don't have it so much in here in Australia, but we heard about these two nations. It's rife out there and many more nations. Sometimes we actually suffer as a direct result of an attack from the enemy and we know Job to be in this situation Job 5, seven says, a man is born to trouble just as sparks fly upwards. It's an interesting scripture. Jesus said to his 12 disciples, in the world you will have tribulation. You will have dark rooms. You will have trouble. James says, count it all joy. Smile, everyone. Count it all joy, my brothers. When you fall into various trials, it's just like have a little dance. Godly people suffer just as ungodly. But the difference is how we suffer. The most important thing is that when we suffer, we choose how we will suffer. You know, I've adop- adopted the attitude now. I went through a two-year suffering dark room process many years ago and I learned a lot. It was a long time. Two years was a long time. I cried every day for 18 months. I asked God to take me to heaven. we be are better there, right? We all go through dark times. But after that two-year experience, I have... A, a, Great development happened, saw a lot about things about me, a lot about things how I saw God. as so much deep work that was done in my life. You see, I needed to go through, not at the time I didn't understand it, but I needed to go through the development to know what it is to lead a people like you, to know what it is to, to spend hours in prayer in the Word, to know what it is to have compassion for people who suffered just like I was suffering in that time. You see, that the, what I went through, I, I would just thought, that's so weak when I used to see other people go through it. Come on, push through, trust God. But yet when you go through it, you go, this is actually real. And, and so I developed, God was developing a compassion for people Uh, He was developing me a perseverance. He was developing my character. He was developing spiritual attributes in me to be able to do what he had purpose for my life. Did I like it? No, I hated it. For for two years, I prayed, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Do the positive picture. Quick, 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 you know. Get those chemicals off of me. I want the picture. I want the positive But now my prayer is when something hard or difficult or unexpected happens, I go, okay, I'm going to go through this. Lord, I surrender. Mm -hmm. I want to learn quickly what I need to learn, right? I'm really really ready to learn today. (laughs) Teach me quickly. I surrender. I surrender and I want to learn. And I will respond to whatever you want me to learn in this. Give me the grace. This is my prayer. Give me the grace and the strength to grow in whatever you want me to grow in or to change in. I want my negatives to be developed into positives. Do you want your negatives to be developed into positives? You don't want to stay in a dark room forever and live with the negatives, but you want to develop into the positives that God has destined for your life. Number two, dark times... Enhance a closeness to God. Dark times enhance a closeness to God. You know, on a weekly basis, I would meet someone, maybe more than one person. This week I met three people who will tell me about a suffering time that they went through. And I really, like, enjoy listening to their dark room experiences because mostly... I hear how they've gone through the dark room and they've only gone closer to God through that dark place that they said they never would have if they hadn't gone through that dark room experience. They'll convey that closeness and that dependence on God. I'm sure many of you could say the same thing. In your darkest times, you've clung on to God. You've gone into your your prayer room. You've spent more time in the Word. You've spent more time in church. Maybe we should have more people in the dark room. No, no. (laughs) That was a joke. Um, You know, that place where you're just in the presence of God. Genesis 39, 21, this is what is written. But the Lord was with Joseph. Oh, don't you love that? Where is he? He's in the dark room. And the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favour in the sight of the keeper of the prison. But the Lord, the presence of God, was with Joseph. But the Lord, the presence of God is with you when you're in the dark room, when you're being developed. He promises, you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. He felt that even falsely accused, he could still cling onto God and the presence, and God gave him a stead. Fastness, a steadfastness and a grace to get through. You know, I've met people who've been in dark rooms and run away from God. Christians who've run away as far as they are from God. And then I've met those who've gone closer to God. But I've met more people who've run closer to God than run away from God. And those that I've met that have run away, eventually they come back because they know what it is to be close in the presence of God to carry them through their dark rooms. You know, I once heard this saying, pain and suffering will either break your back or bend your knee. I'll repeat that. I once heard pain and suffering will either break your back or bend your knee. It's the image of God's presence that is developed in the negatives of your dark room. It's the black that comes together and imprints the presence of God on your negatives. Number three, dark times are a causeway for God. So number one, consented by God. Number two, get closer to God. Number three... Dark times are a causeway for God. You know, the biblical meaning for a causeway is a raised way, an ascent. It's like a bridge, a pathway. And it's the steps that are raised on a slope between Zion and the temple. Zion represents the city of holiness. A city of refuge where the Lord protects his people from the evils of the world. It's a place, Zion is a place of promise, it's a place of protection. It's a place of promise. It's where Abraham went and he sacrificed, went to sacrifice his son Isaac to the Lord, but then the Lord provided a lamb in Genesis 22. We read it's where Jacob had a dream that he allowed him to climb the steps of heaven. And we read that in Genesis 28. It's where David purchased a threshing floor and he repented from his sins. We read that in Quran. Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 21. Let me drink. Pause, Selah. (laughs) It's where the Holy Spirit fell on 120 believers. That happened in Zion. Zion is a place where God commanded the blessing, the life forevermore. I want to be in Zion. I want to be on that causeway. I want to be in that place, in that sanctuary place where promise, where protection, where blessing resides. Dark room times result in purpose. Verse 22, and the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were there in prison. Falsely accused in a dark room. And now, comforted by God, by his presence, and now he's put in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. See what's happening here? There's a development happening here. God's preparing him because he knows what his purpose is, and he needs to have practice in the dark room of the presence of God. Joseph gets promoted to assistant prisoner governor even though he's a prisoner himself. How good is that? Like thrown in the dark room and now he's been put as assistant governor to the others. Dark rooms develop the best pictures if the process is done right. The best pictures are done well. Don't exit the dark room. You know, if you go out of the dark room, if someone opens the door in the dark room, right, it's called a dark room on a purpose. Keep it dark. It explains probably a lot about me being in the dark room for many years. All these will be literally overexposed and black. You have no images. It will raise every image on that if a dark room is opened prematurely, shouldn't be open when it should be. Just like trials times, God will develop you and bring good outcomes. You know, we read in the book of James, he says trials produce perseverance. Romans says, this is a good thing, trials produce endurance and character and hope. 1 Peter 5 says that Christ will himself restore you and make you stronger and steadfast. Be developed in the dark room. Don't ex- exit before the time. Allow God to do the process that He wants to do because of the purpose that He has for you needs to be developed in the dark room. The negatives need to be developed into positives so God can fulfil his purpose in your life. When God takes us through the dark times or the trials, it's more than a personal improvement, but it's a purposeful improvement. It's a purposeful movement and improvement. It's a purposeful movement to position yourself for the greater things that God has for you and for others around you. I thought my dark time of two years, so much was learned, not only about me, but for others. What I could be for others. And I'm so glad that time, yeah, I'm glad it's over. But I'm so glad that I learned what God wanted me to learn in that time. We see Joseph's trial prepared him, then positioned him for a greater impact. God trained Joseph to be the second in command in the world to lead the nations in the darkest time of the world. in And that was a time of famine. There was no food, but yet God positioned Joseph... Because he knew Joseph needed his leadership skills to be able to come up with a grand plan to cause that nation not to go into or live in the famine but not to be starving but to still have food. You know, he went through many dark rooms, as you can see, to get him to position to be the most impact. If Joseph's brothers didn't hate him, they would never have sold him. If they never sold him he would never have gone to Egypt. If he didn't go to Egypt, he never would have worked for Potiphar. If he never worked for Potiphar and been accused by Potiphar's wife, he would never have been in prison. If he hadn't gone and been thrown into prison, he would never have interpreted the dreams of the butler and the baker. If he didn't interpret the dreams for the baker and the butler, he wouldn't have stood before Pharaoh to interpret Pharaoh's dream. If he wouldn't have never stood before Pharaoh to interpret Pharaoh's dream, he would never have come up with the solution to fix the famine problem and he would never become second in control, prime minister of the world. That's a good rap. (laughs) It was a process. It was a dark, long, dark room process but out of it came a positive. God moved him into position with each dark time to prepare him for his position. You may be thinking like I did. Well, isn't there an easier way? (laughs) As I've seen in the Bible, pain seems to be the pathway that He uses to bring people to their purpose. God is more interested in your character than your comfort. God is more interested in making you holy than making you happy. God is more interested in making you valuable to others, not just happy for yourself. It's the causeway of purpose. And in that time of darkroom development, God is with you if you draw near to him, if you rely on him. It's the causeway. It will be your causeway to purpose. It's a pathway that takes us directly into the will of God. Potiphar's, sorry, Joseph's pit and prison journey prepared him for the most important position under Pharaoh. You may be through, you may be going through a dark room right now. You may have gone through a dark room. Maybe a dark room still to come. Can I employ you? Can I encourage you? Not to complain, not to fight. You're allowed to cry, that's okay. But allow God's mercy and help to be with you in that place. To take the negatives and to make them positives. So you go, well Nina, how do I do that? Draw close to God. Put your burden at his feet rely upon him, take his presence, take his comfort. That's in my dark room. I've been many, but the longest of that one there, like I was so close to God because I could not get through a day without God. As I was driving here, I was just going, I don't know how people do it without God. Just overwhelmed with God is everything. I do know how the world does it without God. Different things. But God wants to be with you. Develop a daily re- devotional life with God. Reading, journaling, develop a thankful heart. You know, when the, the Jerusalem was being burnt down in the middle of such chaos, the people were taken into captivity. This is what Jeremiah says, Lamentations 3, 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning and great is your faithfulness. A thankful heart will start noticing the provisions, the, the bumping to people who will encourage you, the blessings, the mercies, the scriptures that leap out of the page at you. Today, if you're in a dark room, have the musicians come, please. You're in a trial right now. I want to tell you something. You are stronger than you think. I meet people and they're I can't. I can't do this. I can't cope. I want to tell you, you are stronger than you think. The righteous are resilient and they push through people. They have the Holy Spirit within them who will help us get through. Proverbs 24, 16, For the righteous falls seven times and rises up again. But the wicked stumble in times of calamity. You are stronger than you think. Today, get up, keep going. Wake up, have your coffee, tea, toast, and have a lot of God. The negative is for a positive result. The dark room isn't built so you live in it. Our God is the master developer manipulating our lives to work through us. The art that is more valuable and more purposeful that we could ever imagine. Don't distance yourself from God or from people. I know that's the two things you want to do in a dark time. You don't feel like praying and you don't feel like seeing people. Mama Nina here. The two worst things that you can do. Because what that does is one, causes the enemy go, got them. Secondly... You'll grow very ugly in the dark room. You'll grow very old in the dark room. You'll grow with a hunchback in the dark room. You'll be weighed down, but the answer is in the dark room with God and then get out of the dark room and call someone. Ask someone to pray with you. Go and have a coffee or a tea with someone. Come to church. I don't care if your head's bowed or service. I'll just take it that you're listening, not sleeping. You know, they're the places. If you do the other places where you stay in the dark room, you isolate yourself, only one person wins, and that's the enemy. And you suffer.